Welcome to Stories That Shape Us. My name is Joanna Daniel. Stories That Shape Us is a daily podcast where I share my perspective on how different experiences influence our view of self, how we interact with others, and how we show up in the world. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Stories That Shape Us. My name is Joanna Daniel. I'm so glad that you're here on, on the series with me. And I think I might wrap this up with this conversation today, talking about churches that should, churches that shield abusers are not doing God's work. I'm going to say that churches that shield abusers are not doing God's work. They are not working for the saving of souls when you shield an abuser. Now, what, what should you do? What should you do? You might ask, and sometimes I'm asked, well, we don't know what to do. We we can't judge. We can't, um, we, we're not the law, all of that kind of stuff. There's so many ways that you can manage an abuser. There, I was reading to my husband a couple of nights ago, uh, a book called um, How to Be a Safe, uh, a, a, a Safe Man. And when the description that the author gave of a narcissist, there are different types of narcissists. So there are different types of abusers and there are different types of abuse. And maybe that's where I'll go next. We don't know about types of abusers. So there are different types of abusers, right? And there is a kind that is particularly dangerous. And I think I see them a lot in churches, this kind of abuser that is, that is really subtle um, in in their approach that is but really vicious the manipulation the way they orchestrate and the thing the way they isolate victim is very systematic very strategic what they do in isolating victims in going around and and um, telling about uh, the victim now they're very good at blinding people they're very good they usually get people in power on their side they're very nice people, very charismatic, very likable. And so when a victim comes and said, this likable, charismatic person that you've fallen for is hurting me, it's very difficult for leaders to agree to accept and to, to do anything about. And so sometimes that's really the root of it. Sometimes it's not because leaders are not sure and can't make a judgment. Sometimes because it's your friend. You are friendly with this person and because you're friendly with them, it's really difficult for you to be, be, you can't be neutral when it's a friend and to believe a victim. But I always say when you know and understand what abuse is, when you understand manipulation, when you understand narcissism and the, the, the abuser's character, when you understand some of those things, then it, it doesn't make it so hard. And, and maybe the challenge for you is how can I hold my friend accountable and still like my friend? Maybe that's the challenge for you, but that's a challenge that you need to work through. It really is not okay for the victim to suffer because you're struggling with accepting that your friend could do something like they've done. So abuse destroys lives. It ends lives. And the church that ostracized the victim for disclosing abuse is working, is not rather working in partnership with God. They're actually working against him by ignoring harm. Because there's so many places throughout scripture where Jesus comes to heal broken heart and bind up their wounds. He comes to repair breach and restore streets to dwell in. 
he comes to set captives free. He is restoring shame. He's doing all this work that a compassionate God does. And here is one of his children in need of compassion. And what you've done is cold shoulder, um, reprimand, and ignore. The abuser sometimes gets promoted. They get leadership in church. We should not have to suffer under the leadership of somebody who someone disclosed abuse about. How do they get to be in leadership? I mean, Titus 2 gives us a, a, a good example of what a leader should be or who a leader should be. So we shouldn't have to suffer being led by someone whose partner disclosed abuse. We shouldn't have to endure that kind of leadership because that's not honest, good leadership. And so you might be struggling to tell somebody the truth, but when you are, you're working against God and not with him. You are not doing God's work. I know if you're a leader and you're watching this, you would have to be very self-aware, strong to continue listening. And I'm not beating up on leaders because I know sometimes you it's because you don't have right information, because you don't understand the pattern of abuse, because you don't understand and you feel you need to make a judgment and you need to say who is right and who is wrong. Sometimes you might feel like you're putting um, that position, a place where you need to make a decision who is right and who is wrong. And that's never what victim wants. Victim wants to be heard, to be listened to, to be held, kept safe. So you don't have to decide. But when you don't, here is what some of the things that you, you should do though. Hold somebody responsible for their actions. Hold them accountable. Check up. Make sure that if they are, if they have admitted that they're committed to change and you're going to hold them responsible to that, you're going to help them to take responsibility for their actions and not try to say, okay, so not try to apportion blame because only one person is wrong in an abusive relationship and it's the abuser, only them. There's not blame anywhere else except at the feet of the abusers. When you do that, when you apportion blame, what you're doing is adding to the abuse. You now are spiritually abusing someone. And so it's really important for you to know. And, you know, sometimes I hear people say the world has changed and it's now become so sensitive. And, you know, abuse was around a long time. Abuse has been around from the beginning, right? We see Cain did it to his brother Abel. And throughout scripture, we see it. Now, it wasn't talked about as much. And we weren't requiring change and requiring something else from our leadership as much as we are now. So if you're in leadership and you know that your leadership does not represent victims well, here's your opportunity to learn and to grow and to make some decisions about how you can protect and keep victims safe, how you can do that. How can you learn and understand who a narcissist is, how they operate or an abuser is and how they operate, the different kinds of abuse, the people who abuse, the things that they do it's really important to learn that so you can hear it in the story and you're not trying to apportion blame and you're not working against God by adding to the pain and the injury that somebody's experiencing when they come to you and disclose. If you need more training, if you need help, I'm going to put some of the resources that I have below this video so you can share it with your church, share it with your leaders, if you're a leader and you're watching and you want to understand some more, I'll put the resources below this video so you can learn some more, you can understand. If you are hurting and you want a safe place to just come and 
understand it as safe community. I'm also putting our healing place below this video so you can click on the link, have a look at it and come and join us in the healing place where we we have, you can join anonymously. We have videos that is uploaded every week and worksheets, uh, articles to read and different things that you can use as you make your journey of healing. Thank you for joining me in this episode of Stories That Shape Us. I hope you'll join me on the next story.